Pylon and Sticks, a former NFL executive who brings unique inside perspective and content on all levels of football. Guests will include NFL Pro Football Hall of Famers, former players, national journalists, and conversations with members of the cigar industry. Your host, Tony Softly. Welcome to Pylon and Sticks. I'm Tony Softly. I uh, hope you follow us uh, on Twitter at Pylon and Sticks, Instagram Pylon and Sticks, and uh, check out uh, last week's shows on your favorite podcast app. Uh, we had a, we had two great guests last week. Eddie Terrazona from Terrazona Cigars joined us, and Bucky Brooks from the NFL Network. So make sure you check that out. Joining me now is a friend, and he's also a mentor to many. A very well respected man in the cigar business, Nick Perdomo Jr. Nick, how you doing today, man? I'm doing great, Tony. Thanks for having me. Oh man, I, this is an honor. Are you kidding me? I'd love to love this situation here. Nick Perdomo Cigars. You can check him out on uh, PerdomoCigars.com on Twitter at Perdomo Cigars as well. Um, you know I, how we got together is Big O Orlando kind of kind of put us together years ago, and I I was trying to remember was I working for Carolina or St. Louis when I met you? That was what 2008. You, 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 you were with St. Louis. Okay, yeah. So that was like 2006. I, I still I still got the St. Louis Rams hat that you gave me. I I actually still have it. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I we all know that you're a uh, huge fan, man. I mean, the one thing that the two things that's that I remember distinctly in your office was the drum set in the corner, which which was beautiful. And then all the jerseys, the boxing glove, all the signed memorabilia you have, you basically have a sports museum within a cigar plant. I do. You know, that's my thing. I, I really, uh, between college football and the pros, I enjoy it. And I'm excited here at Miami. My daughter went to the University of Alabama, and I got to see Tua play, so I'm excited the Dolphins got him. I think he's going to be lights out. Tua Tagaloa. Yeah, he is. Uh, let's just hope he can stay healthy, man. I think he's a, he's a hell of a little talent. Um, uh, I think that, uh, they've got a good chance. Chris Greer, the general manager is a good friend of mine. And so I think that, uh, they're at least moving in the right direction. There's no question about that. Uh, Absolutely. let's dive into a little bit about, uh, you know, Perdomo cigars. It's, um, you know, you were born into a cigar family. Not a lot of people have done that. They usually have worked their way in, but, uh, you, you're talk to us a little bit about, uh, your dad, your grandfather, connect the dots for me. Yeah, I'm a fourth-generation cigar maker. My grandfather ran the the Partagas factory, which is one of the bigger ones in, in Havana, and my, my father was his direct competitor who ran the H. Upman factory. And my grandfather's brother was the minister of cigar tobacco in Cuba for 44 years, so I had, I had great lineage. And what happened was when I uh, left the military, I was an air traffic controller, and I want to get in the cigar industry, and my dad always said, you live in the greatest country in the world. If you work hard, you can attain anything you want. So when I told him I wanted to start making cigars out of my garage, uh, he thought it was moronic. You know, he said, oh, the government, they're going to regulate you, you know, the smoking laws and so on. And I said, well, you told me I live in the greatest country in the world. And he said, well, that's true. I did tell you that. So, uh <laughs> My, my starts were meager out of a garage. My first year, I, I, I made cigars with a guy named Alvaro Alonzo, and I sold 9,700 cigars. In the latter part of 94, Tony, I called my dad up, who was retired, and I said, Dad, I got a factory in Ybor City in Tampa and here on Flagler Street in Miami, and I sold a million cigars this year. And he said, well, maybe you're not so much of a moron. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I just kept growing, and... Uh, and then finally, in the latter part of 95, my dad didn't enjoy the retirement life, and uh, he came on to work for us, and who better than, he was my hero, and 
Oh, he's a great businessman, just a great man in general. And uh, we moved to Esteli, Nicaragua in 1995, and I think we're the fourth largest cigar manufacturer in the world. And my dad was right, and today we have over 5,300 employees. And we make a lot of cigars, and we sell our cigars worldwide, so we're very blessed. You know, Nick, how, how did you make that decision between Dominican or Nicaragua, you know, or Honduras uh, on moving your factory from uh, Ybor City? It was my it was my dad's choice. My dad, this is a lot, you know, August of '95. My dad said we're, we should we should move to Nicaragua. And I said Nicaragua, and he <laughs> and he started talking to me about the grounds and the, the volcanic grounds and a lot of the Cubans like Ramon Cienfuentes and stuff used to vacation in Nicaragua. If you can envision <clears throat> before socialism and communism hit Nicaragua in the '70s, it was the it was the richest country in all of Central America, and a lot of guys used to go down there to tour the beaches and vacation. But they were always famous for their for their grounds. It's all volcanic grounds. They produce tremendous amounts of fruits and vegetables and and all types of plant life. And uh, a lot of people saw that, and that's why after the Cuban Revolution, when everybody left, so all the cigar makers went to Nicaragua. And of course, in the seventies, everybody left because of communism again. And um, when I first got there, there was only two cigar factories. Tony, now everybody wants to make cigars in Nicaragua. It's a special country. The, the tobacco there really is the, is the ultimate. I've never seen anything like it in my in my almost three decades of being in the cigar industry. So it's it's very special. You know, you, you mentioned Cuba, uh, and your family has a background coming from Cuba. Your dad and your your grandfather. Uh, Cuban cigars were the king. Thirty. 30, 35 plus years ago. I know I used to buy a ton of Series D number four and, and Monty twos. And do they still hold that title of being the king or has the tobacco in Nicaragua and, and other places caught up with it as far as, far as the uh, cigar companies as well? In my humble opinion, Nicaragua blew by Cuba about 25 years ago. And mm-hmm. the secret of Nicaragua and tobacco in general, Tony, is Tobacco is a finicky, uh, finicky plant. We call it the woman plant. You have to love it and caress it. In real life, they divorce us and take fifty percent of our fortune. Tobacco just dies. So I don't know which one's better. Right, but right. The um, <clears throat> you know we have fifteen hours of sunshine during the growing period, which really helps the tobacco grow photosynthesis wise. Of course, um, we have an abundance amount of water, which is very important. And having these volcanic grounds with little to no lead at all make the tobacco really grow vibrant and it's just you know we have three different provinces that we grow on in three different valleys and we can produce sweet tobacco aromatic tobaccos and tobaccos are really rich in flavor and there's really nothing like it in the world and that's why Nicaragua's bypassed not only Honduras but the Dominican Republic combined in, in exports just in the United States when I first got there countries like Mexico and the Canary Islands and the Bahamas believe it or not were blowing away Nicaragua. And I remember being in, I forgot what magazine was, but I said, Nicaragua will beat Honduras one day. And they laughed. And I said, it'll beat Dominican one day. And they laughed. Well, today nobody's laughing because not only is it bypass Honduras, like I said, but Nicaragua are also the Dominican Republic and Honduras combined. And uh, we're doing extremely well as a country and in, in all of Europe. And uh, there's nothing like Nicaraguan tobacco. You know, I somebody said, hey, Perdomo Cigars is taking it to the next level. And so I started researching some things uh, on your company, and, and they're right. Uh, you know, talking about cigars, uh, you, you bring cigar world to techno world and, and really collide those two together. Talk to me a little bit about, I saw a video and you mentioned infrared and global positioning. What were you talking about in the cigar business and what are you guys are doing in that area? In the old days, we would take 
plug the soil and figure out what the formula was for fertilization. We worked together with Bayer in Germany, together with an Israeli company, with which we can trap water, which I'll get into here in a second. But we actually globally over the top via Google and another company, we actually can go over the top with heat seeking equipment. And if it's a low cloudy day, we can actually fly drones about 25 feet over. And what these things do is they capture the amount of heat in the earth and actually can pick up the parts per million of nitrogen, potassium, and phosphorus and all different micro elements to produce the very best tobacco. So the technology is incredible. And this, the Israelis have no water, so they're, they're probably the best at con- conservation of water. And even though we have a tremendous amount of water in Nicaragua, I want to use that water to the tobacco. I don't want to just let it drain. So um, we can actually capture water droplets, put the correct amount of fertilizer and inject it into the water droplets and drop it right into the roots of the plant underground, which makes um, makes our life a lot easier. And the technology is just incredible. You really have to see it to believe it. And what's happened since we've been doing this, we've been producing incredible uh, types of tobacco, and uh, it's 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 been fantastic for us. And we're vertically integrated, so we do everything. We 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 make our own seeds. We have our own genetic department, and everything. And I think it's really taking the company to a to a new stratosphere, and we're proud of it. You're listening to Pylon and Sticks. My guest right now joining me is uh, Nick Perdomo Jr. from Perdomo Cigars. You can follow him on Twitter at Perdomo Cigars online, PerdomoCigars.com. Um, you talked about seeds. Uh, Talk to me a little bit about growing. Uh, what's the time period from seed to box for Perdomo cigars? Well, by the time you, you germinate a seed and, and you grow the tobacco, it's only 120 days. But the average tobacco is after they go in through the curing, fermentation, aging process before they go into a Perdomo cigar. It's approximately about 60 months or five years. And it's really it's really important. It's no different than, than drinking a great bourbon or a single malt scotch versus drinking MD 2020. You really need to secure and, and age your tobacco. And it's going to, it's going to differentiate itself from, from not only your competitors, but it's going to make it a very pleasant smoking experience for everybody who, who enjoys cigars. And, um, we got, we got a lot of great football players that enjoy cigars too, Tony, as you well know, it was, um, just talking to Ed Reed just recently, who's from my beloved Miami Hurricanes, mm-hmm. and uh, Ed, Ed's a big cigar lover and wants to get in the cigar industry, and uh, he's just a great guy. And, and nothing is better, in my opinion, than relaxing in good company with a fine cigar. And I'll be quite honest with you, I've never met many bad cigar smokers. Most guys who who enjoy a cigar are really some of the greatest guys you'll ever meet. Yeah, it seems to, you know, that pop culture, it seems to bring in that conversation, no matter, you know, what nationality you are, um, you know, walk of life, religion, it doesn't matter. I mean, you sit down and have a cigar and a conversation, you leave there differently than you came in because of those conversations. And I totally agree with you. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, you're, you're spot on on that. It doesn't matter if you play the roof tower, you own the roofing company. Everybody's the same while they're behind there smoking a cigar and enjoying life. Now, I heard you mention bourbon barrel blends and aging. Talk to me a little bit about that and what you guys are doing in that direction. Well, we use a lot of bourbon barrels, and we're not trying to infuse bourbon into tobacco. What it does, it gives it another fermentation. And the bourbon barrels, because of the alcohol residue and from the bourbon, of course, when they plug it, what it does is it allows that tobacco to get an extra fermentation. It gives it darker hues and it caramelizes the sugars where you really taste the solid core of tobacco when you're enjoying a cigar. It's something we've been doing since 1999 and it's really 
made a difference in the flavor characteristics and blends of our cigars and the flavor, but also in the coloration. And I, I just, the cigars just have just, just such a wonderful pronounced flavor when you, when you age the, the different tobaccos in the bourbon barrels. It sounds tasty. I got to get on some of those. Um, yeah. You were quoted, you were quoted in, in something I saw online that really struck me. And it said, uh, uh, it takes 10 years to get a customer and three seconds to lose one. What do you mean by that? Well, I think that quality brings quantity, and I think that you really work so hard to please the consumer. And if he's happy, um, he's happy. He's going to tell 10 people. He's unhappy. He's going to tell 1,000. And I always say that it takes 10 years to get a good customer because it takes a lot of work to really win over a customer. But if if you're not doing your job correctly and you cut corners and you don't have a quality product, you lose them in three seconds. And I really try to instill that in our whole workforce. And you're as good as your last cigar. So it's like I was telling my son, who now runs our sales department, all that I care about today is that our consumers are happy and our retailers are, are proud and confident to sell our brands. And if you can get those two things, you, you know, the sky's the limit. Yeah, you've won. There's no question about that. Yeah. The FDA, man, the FDA, you know, first of all, I'm a proud uh, Cigar Rights of America member. I've been there since 2009. Uh, one of the uh, text messages that came in just a little while ago to ask you is, is it worth signing up for uh, Cigar Rights of America? Will there, will there be benefits for them to help, uh, you know, against the FDA versus premium cigars and the things that are going on right now? Sure. I mean, every bit helps. I mean, you're talking about $35 for, for a membership to be able to enjoy our rights to smoke a cigar. And, uh, it's just unfortunate. The government's always trying to get in everybody's pocket for tax money. And, uh, you know, when I started, if I would have started today, I probably could have been successful because I can compete against anybody, but it's hard to compete against your government. I, I think lately, you know, um, uh, the president's been trying to, to, to knock down regulation. I hope that happens, but you never know. And we're, we're hoping that, but I think the cigar rights of America is a fantastic thing. And, uh, Kudos to you and everybody who joins because it, it really is to, to defend our right to, to enjoy a, a premium cigar no matter where we live. We're not doing anything that's illegal, you know what I mean? Sure, so sure. I think it's a great thing. Yeah, good, good. I agree. Totally agree. That's why I've been a member for so long. You know, what What does yeah. this mean, the FDA versus premium cigar, hand-rolled cigars? What the industry, uh, I mean, the people that grow, cure, and roll for you, um, it really affects them if, if things change with the FDA, correct? Oh, absolutely. You can imagine the workforce that we have in Central America, the purveyors from everything from wood to any sundry item and to top that off, all our workforce we have in the United States. You got to remember that probably 92%, I think it's 92% of all the cigar shops are family run. And, uh, yeah, these guys are, are, are doing an honest day living and I think the government should leave them the hell alone. Yeah, no, I totally agree. You mentioned family. Uh, I am uh, very, family is very important to me as it is to you. You mentioned your son uh, working in the company now. Talk to me about the new generation of cigar smokers and what does Perdomo Cigars, uh, you know, look like in 25 years? That's two fantastic questions. As far as, you know, um, the youth, you know, we're, we're, we're starting to try to, you know, a lot of, a lot of the youth is coming out. They're, they're trying to be more successful in life. They want to be, you know, in the bourbon scene and the whiskey scene and, and the cigar scene. And one of the great things about the cigar scene, it's all about, it's it's celebratory. You know, it's about savoring a cigar. It's not a cigarette. It's a totally different animal. We use no chemicals. And what I'd like to see in the next 25 years is, 
the average Perdomo smoker is usually between 45 and 65 years old, well off. What we'd like to do is be able to bring a lot of the younger guys, and we're trying to get, we're trying to get, you know, trying to appeal to the younger crowd where we can get the 21 to, you know, 35 age more involved in Perdomo cigars. And I see the next 25 years that we continue doing that, and you know, we're the company's getting younger. I'm certainly not, but but the company's getting younger, and, and we're growing, and um, we we definitely know that the that the future is is, is the younger generation, and uh, I, I'm starting to see a lot of them really wanting to enjoy the finer things in life. They're going to trying to learn how to you know pick out good single malt scotches and cognacs right. and yep. and what they and what they want and pair it with great cigars. So you know, as long as the government gets out of our way, Tony, I think the sky's the limit for us in the next 25 years, and I'm trying to to lead that boat in the right direction for my son and the rest of my family who's in the industry with us. You know, my mom's 85 and still comes to work every day, even with COVID, because she said, if I stay home, I'm, I'd rather kill myself. That's no life. So she she hasn't missed a day of work. And, um, you know, we're, we're really a family-run business. My brother works for the company. My wife works for the company. I mean, we have a lot of family members. So um, I'm blessed. And most of my workers have been with me almost the average worker at Perdomo has been there for 19.6 years. So Very good. Uh, even our workforce, they're a line extension of our family too. And we're extremely blessed to have every one of them. I always say that the greatest asset of Perdomo cigars is certainly not Nick Perdomo. It's our workforce and they're excellent. Yeah. The people behind you and the family that's next to you. That's what it's all about, man. Um, Absolutely. You know, Cigar Aficionado magazine. I, I think I have the first issue and I've been, God, I haven't missed a year. Uh, that that magazine is so uh, informing. How much influence did they have uh, in the early '90s on the cigar industry? Was did that help with the boom during that time? I know there's Cigar Journal now and some other ones, but uh, Cigar Aficionado seemed to be that one magazine that kind of helped push things along a little bit. Oh, it was definitely instrumental. If it wasn't for Cigar Aficionado, the cigar industry wouldn't be where it, where it is today. Um, they were extremely instrumental, especially in the, in the mid nineties for sure. You know, I've, I've smoked boxes. I mean, literally boxes of Perdomo cigars and, and several others, obviously, uh, you know, the 10th anniversary of the champagne. I started out with the lot 23 Maduro Bellicoso is, is one of my favorites still. And, um, talk to me a little bit about, uh, some of your blends and I don't want you to give your secrets away, but, uh, well, it, you, you brought, yeah, you brought up Lot 23. That's a brand that uh, we've had for 21 years. That was a project that my late father had started. He was drinking whiskey with a bishop at the Catholic Church and saw this beautiful <laughs> lot of land in the back. That's a true story. And said, hey, Bishop, I think I can uh, I can grow some great tobacco if you allow me to take some soil analysis. He said, yeah, but the problem is I'm going to grow vegetables. I have these young young kids here, that these, these young boys that want to want to work. And my dad said, I'll tell you what, and if you knew my dad, he was a man of his word. He said, if if this works, you allow me, I'll employ all those boys. And still today, after 21 years, I think it was 84 of those kids work with us. To this day, 81 of them still work with the company. So my dad, uh, he was true to his word, and that's one of our great brands. Um, the Perdomo Reserve Champagne, that's our Coca-Cola. That's the number one selling brand out of the Perdomo lineup. If you're looking for something creamy with a real smooth uh, flavor, that's that's also an excellent. How long uh, has that Perdomo been around, Nick? Not to interrupt you, how long has that cigar? That cigar's been around yeah, a long time, sh- man. Sh- yeah, Champagne's been out for 22 years. We uh, It was good. originally the Perdomo Reserve Champagne, then it became the Perdomo 10th year anniversary Champagne, which was 12 years ago. We just kept it with that name, and uh, 
it's been a huge winner for us. Someone asked me how good does champagne sell. I said, well, I put my son and daughter through college. If you can pay those tuitions and the cigar paid for it, you know, it sells pretty well. There so you go. There it, you go. It, it's been a, a monster for us. Uh, our Perdomo 20th anniversary, our Perdomo Habana. We're blessed. We have numerous brands that do extremely well around the world. And of course, our biggest market is here in the States. And um, we have two new brands. We don't come out with many, but we have the new Perdomo Reserve Maduro and Sun Grown. Uh, we just started shipping that out about two weeks ago. The response has been excellent. We've actually uh, sold out the next six shipments, so uh, it's been it's been fantastic for us. So we have a really good repertoire of, of, of great cigars, and they're they're all selling really well, Tony. So we're we're really happy. You have one that's what aged twelve years. Yeah, that's our twelve year double age vintage. That's a very limited production. We only have that in one hundred and fifty cigar stores in America. And you can imagine we have over 4,000 cigar stores that carry our brand, so it's very limited. And the reason that is is because we actually, the tobaccos are certified. They're 12 years old. They were 10 years old at the time when we when we finished fermentation with them, and we put them in bourbon barrels for an extra two years. And uh, it's a special project, but it's a very tedious project. And that cigar will only be out until probably 2023. We'll run out of the production and the tobacco of that cigar, but if you... If you get a chance or an address, Tony, I'll send you some so you can try them. But they're they're phenomenal. Where do you live exactly? I'm up here in Seattle, up in Seattle. That's that's where I'm from. Yeah, originally. yeah. Seattle is a, is a is a tough place outside of some of the Indian reservations for cigar smoking. As it's you terrible. Know. But uh, I'd lo- yeah, I know. But I'd, terrible. I'd love to send you. I'd love to send you some out. Uh, Florida is a totally different animal. Here, you can enjoy cigars just about anywhere. Well, yes. When I come down, I see Big O, a couple of my friends. I got to, I got to stop in and see you. I haven't done that in a while. And we, we go to a place over uh, on Miami Lakes. There's a cigar bar right on Miami Lakes. I can't remember the name. Oh of yeah. It. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, Alfredo's place. It's, it's um, super. Place. I'll remember here. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. We we have some great places and a lot of places that have. That have opened up, and here on at, at Perdomo headquarters, we have our own lounge and shop, and a lot of guys come over. We got a full full house right now, and uh, that's one of the great things about smoking cigars. You just meet the greatest people, and uh, you can become friends with anybody over a cigar. I was talking to somebody. I said, if you really wanted peace around the world, if everybody would just sit down and enjoy a cigar together, I think no matter how, how adversarial our positions could be on anything that we talk about a cigar would really smooth over everything in my opinion there's no question about that i totally agree there's no question yeah it's so, great well you know what that sound is and maybe you don't because you're a first time uh uh guest on the show i'll hit, hit it one more time for you that that's the sounder of pylon and sticks hot seat so nick you're going on the hot seat and i asked you a couple sports questions and First thing that comes to your mind, I need you to just go ahead and, and blurt it out, okay? And you can okay. elaborate on it as well, okay? First question, Miami Dolphins win eight games next year, this coming season, over or under eight? Um, I would say under. Why? Well, I just I just think they're just so young. I think they have a lot of talent. I'm, I'm really excited about the, the draft class they had this year. Um. One of the things I didn't understand was the defensive back from Oliver when they could have got uh, they could have got the kid from number fifteen from Alabama as a defensive back. It was a lot better than that kid from Auburn. But I'll trust Chris Gear Gear on uh, Greer on that one. But uh, I say seven to nine. There you go. Good, good. I'll hold you to it. We'll get, we'll get you back on the show once the season's over. We'll kind of go hash through that a little bit. Next question: Who wins the Super Bowl first, Tom Brady or Bill Belichick? 
Oh, I would uh, believe it or not. I would say Bill Belichick. I don't. I don't think. Uh, I don't think Tampa Bay is gonna 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 do much. And Tom's forty two, and Belichick's just crazy and what how he can get things done. So he's kind of like uh, like Nick Saban is in college. They just figure out a way to win. Yeah, he he's drinking the Kool Aid up there of youth because he doesn't seem to be getting any older. Uh, and I I'm gonna agree with you because. You know, to to go against a guy that's helped, that's won six Super Bowls, even though Tom's helped him do that, uh, I still think the coach, uh, and this is going to be probably one of his greatest years. Uh, definitely, you know, coaching some of the young guys. Uh, Tom, uh, Cam Newton's going up in there uh, if he is even going to be the starter. Uh, but there's still a lot of questions for those guys. But I'm going to go with Bill Belichick. I, I'm totally in agreement with you. Last question sure. for you, Nick. If uh, if you had your choice. Uh, as as an owner, what sports franchise would you like to own? I hate this team, but I I think I'd probably <laughs> want to own the Dallas Cowboys. Oh. I think it's just a, it's 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 a big name. I'm not a Dallas fan, but sure. uh, I love Dallas and I love Texas when it comes to cigars. But the team I'm not so crazy about. But you know, it's it's such a such a powerful team. I could ask you the same question: What team would that be for you? Oh man, if I had to do that, I'd like to stay home and own the Seattle Seahawks. Um, because, All right, because where it's at, uh, the organizational base, the structure, the fan base up here, these people are mad. They're they're absolutely crazy. The Twelves love sports, but it's a sports town. They they love baseball. The Mariners, who haven't won a, a thing, uh, the the Sounders, the soccer. Uh, they're they're begging for NBA. We just got. Uh, the NHL Seattle Kraken that's uh, going to open up next year. So the, the fan base here would make me say Seattle. But, uh, you know, Dallas wouldn't be a bad one or the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, because they have – Well, I'm, I'm, I, yeah, the Steelers definitely too, yeah. Yeah, they've, they've got a little bit of uh, history there that uh, that I admire. There's no question about it. Yeah. Nick, I appreciate I you joining me, man, and dropping this knowledge. You're listening to uh, Nick Perdomo Jr. from Perdomo Cigars. Follow him on Twitter at Perdomo Cigars and uh, PerdomoCigars.com. You can listen to Pylon and Sticks uh, every Friday, Thursday, and Friday. And you can follow us on Twitter as well, at Pylon and Sticks, Instagram, Pylon and Sticks. Until next time, stay safe, and remember, if you got them, smoke them.